Welcome to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast featuring Pastor Mark Miner, where we will journey together to help you grasp how the Bible fits together to provide a coherent, understandable, and historical book. The purpose of this podcast is not to convince, but to help you understand. Not to defend, but to connect the dots of this most amazing book. Not to debate, but to discover the plan of the Bible. There is a plan. If you enjoy what you hear today, please leave us a review. It really does help us. And now, here's Pastor Mark. Well, hello, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for loaning me 24 minutes of your very valuable time. I promise I will do my best to make it worthwhile to gain you, help you gain some insight as we here at the 24-Minute Bible seek to understand in a simple way the journey of the Bible and to put it all together in a way that makes sense to us. So uh, today we're going to be looking at episode 24. It's called Israel's Place in the Bible, Then and Now. I'm not much of an artist. I can paint a wall, but I've never painted a picture in my life. I've never had an art class. But I do appreciate art, uh, from Bob Ross to Da Vinci to the comic books to whatever it is that you view as art. Uh, I I love it. But I've watched artists, and one of the things I've noticed that they do is that they lay down a certain bed of colors. They have on their palette a certain color, and and then it's uh, maybe it's dark, or maybe it's a rose color or something. And then uh, they put that down, and then on top of that, they lay another color and another color. And and that seems to me, from my unskilled eye, the way that the artist creates things until you get the Mona Lisa or you get Bob Ross's little squirrel right there. Uh, Whatever it may be, I, I don't understand it totally, but as we talk about the Bible, the Bible is, in many senses, layer upon layer upon layer. And uh, we're in episode 44 here today as uh, I speak with you. The first 36 lessons were uh, really a compilation from Genesis to Revelation, helping you put the Bible together in a chronological way. Since episode 37 and on, I've been trying to lay down some foundations, pick some subjects that maybe are like a river or a thread or a color that runs through the Bible that we don't always understand because we look at it in just the book or the time frame that we're in. But but there's a continuity to it and there's a plan to it. Uh, that is our life. As we get older, we look back and we see that the things that, that uh, were happening that were very real to us, but we didn't understand at first exactly the significance of it. But as we continue to go on in a progressive way, revelation takes place. And that's the way the Bible really is. So today, we're going to talk about a subject that I'm always excited about. And of course, that's the nation Israel, Israel's place in the Bible then and now. We're going to look at three things. We're going to look at how Israel became God's people. Secondly, we're going to look about what, uh, talk about what has happened to the Jews over the last 2,000 years. And thirdly, we're going to talk about the current and future place of Israel. So welcome today again to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. Let's jump right in and talk about, uh, it's kind of a review for some of you. It might be new to you if you're new to this podcast or even new to faith or at least exploring the Bible. But we're going to talk about how Israel became God's people. When Noah and his wife got off the ark, they had three children, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And as we continue to read the Bible in Genesis, uh, through the early parts of Genesis, we see some genealogies. 
Now, I'm kind of big on genealogies. Names matter. Terms matter. And it's important for us, especially if you are a believer, a Christian, to understand the terms that you're saying and not just toss out words, mimic things that you've heard a pastor or a teacher or a friend say. So let's look at some understanding or some names concerning this group of people that God has called. First, let's talk about Shem. He was on the boat ride. He was in the ark for over a year. And now after the ark is opened up and they're back on the earth, Shem moves to the east. Well, you might say, what's the big deal there? Shem is the father of all the Shemitic people. If somebody says, I'm anti-Semitic, or you call someone anti-Semitic, you're basically saying that they are anti-Shem, because Shem is the father of all the Semitic people. It's not just the Jews. It's not just Israel. Uh, there are a wide umbrella of people that are from the lineage of Shem. But just remember that, Shem. And then Shem had a great-grandson. His name was Eber. We read about him in Genesis 10, 24. But I don't care about the story as much as just the name. The, the term Eber now has morphed into what we know as the Hebrews. The Hebrews were the people of Eber. We read about that in uh, the book of Exodus, the Hebrew people. Moses was one of the Hebrews. Well, that comes from Eber, the great-grandson of Shem. So we got the Shemitic people. Then we're narrowing it down to the people that are from Eber, the Hebrew people. And then it gets narrowed down even more in Genesis 12. Uh, when, we, when God speaks to one man in the east part of the world at that time, in what would today be Iraq, Ur of the Chaldees is where the Bible says he lived. His name was Abraham. Abraham was six generations after Eber, so he was the grandson with five greats in front of it, if you want to go that way in the genealogy. But Abraham descends from Eber. There are a lot of other people that were Hebrews, but Abraham specifically comes from the lineage of Eber. And so God speaks to Abraham, and he calls him. From Genesis 12, you've heard me say this if you've listened before, from Genesis 12 all the way to Acts chapter 2 in the Bible, all we are doing is talking about the children of Abraham. We are looking at their interactions. We are looking at their failures as well as their successes. We're looking at their temple. We're even naming our children after their names, many of them. And ultimately, we see, of course, the Messiah, Jesus, coming from the children of Abraham. If you read the book of Matthew and you look at the genealogies, it takes the genealogy of Jesus back to Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, as the old child song says. So Abraham. Then we go from Abraham. Abraham had a grandson. And Abraham's grandson was a man by the name of Jacob. Jacob and Esau, but we focus in on Jacob. If you remember the story about Jacob, Jacob was wrestling with an angel or a being. Some think it was Christ. Some think it was the Lord himself. Whatever it was, it was a spiritual being. And the fight went all night. And finally, Jacob would not let go. And he said these words, I will not let go until you bless me. And the angel or Christ himself or whatever, whoever it was he was wrestling with, blessed Jacob. And here's how he blessed him. He changed his name from Jacob, which means the deceiver or the supplanter, to Israel, which means he who struggles with God. So Jacob got a name change. That was the blessing. And what a blessing it truly was. So now we're talking about Abraham, or excuse me, now we're talking about Israel. So we go from Shem to the Hebrews to Abraham. And now we're talking about Abraham's grandson, Jacob, also known as Israel. Israel, of course, if you remember from Sunday school, had 12 boys. 
And those boys, those sons, became the 12 tribes of Israel. So that's where we get the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 sons of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. Of those 12 sons, and again, we're just getting the names together, the Shemitic, Hebrew, Abraham, Jacob, or Israel, and Israel, this man Jacob or Israel, had uh, 12 sons. The fourth son uh, was a, a man by the name of Judah. And when we read about the term or express the term Jews, we are literally talking about the children of Judah. Now, we lump those all together. All of these names get kind of commingled and mixed up. But I think for you on this very uh, scholarly lesson today from the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, that, that you might just understand how those names come. Uh, of course, the Jews uh, were one tribe of the 12 tribes. And that's significant because Jesus, of course, came from the tribe of Judah. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the King of the Jews. So Jesus had to come from the lineage of Judah. Now we could go on from there, but just want you to understand the name Shemitic and Hebrew, and particularly the name of Israel and Jewish or Jews. So again, from Acts 12 to, to or excuse me, from Genesis 12 to Acts 2, we are talking about the lineage of Abraham and all his kids and their events, ultimately culminating in the birth, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then from Acts chapter 2 on, uh, the Israelites become less of an issue. The children of Abraham are not really the focus anymore, are they? Because we're looking at places like Rome and Athens and Thessalonica and Ephesus. None of those are Jewish names. None of those are Jewish places. Everything's changed because the gospel is spread out now into the world because Jesus accomplished everything uh, on the cross but the Jews were the basis or the seedbed, if you will, that provided the Messiah. So how should we describe the children of Abraham in the Bible? How does the Bible describe them? Well, it calls them chosen, and they were. Uh, they weren't smarter, better, uh, more gifted than anybody else, but they were chosen by God at his divine and sovereign purpose. They were blessed in so many ways. They were blessed with what they were given and what knowledge they were shown and the experiences they had. They were honored because to be uh, a child of Zion or a, a Jew was to be a very blessed individual. But all of that kind of weaves into a, a little analogy here. Uh, the Jews would carry around them with them this holy vessel, it was a wooden box, basically the size of a casket, if you will. It was called the Ark of the Covenant. And in the Ark of the Covenant, they carried something very, very precious. They carried two stone tablets that had been etched, engraved by the very finger of God, the Ten Commandments that Moses brought down from Mount Sinai. But that's really not the greatest thing that the Jews carried because in, in their box they had the written word of God on tablets of stone. But in their flesh, in their genetics, in their DNA, they were the vessels or the vehicle that carried the very word of God in flesh. Emmanuel, we call him Jesus. That's the purpose. That was God's people. So we, we spent 10 or 12 minutes here just talking about the nation Israel. But it's very important for you to understand that they were the vehicle, the vessel through which Jesus Christ, the, the Lion of Judah, the King of the Jews, was to come. So that's how a little bit God uh, called Israel to be his chosen 
people. Now, let's talk about what has happened to Israel over the last 2,000 years. It's been a long time since uh, Jesus was crucified, resurrected. It's been a long time since the book of Acts and the Bible was closed or the last book was written in about 90 AD. So what's taken place? Well, I'm going to give you, and I'm going to toss in a couple of caveats, and I want you to think about this rather than a certainty of this is the way it is. I want you to examine, you know, uh, what I'm about to say, and you may agree or disagree. But if, I, if there was one word that I could attach to the nation of Israel, a nation of Israel over the last 2,000 years, it would be this word, scattered. The Jews have been scattered all over the world. They are literally in every country uh, in, on the planet today, with the exception of Antarctica, and I don't think anybody lives in Antarctica except penguins, but in, in all the other continents, there, are, there is a Jewish representation. Brazil and Argentina, South America, huge representation and populations of Jews. Australia has a large population of, of Jewish ethnicity. Russia, very large. Canada as well. And the largest of all populations outside the uh, nation of Israel is the United States. And that's the largest concentration of Jewish people. So <clears throat> they've scattered all over the world. But there's one other thing that I would make you help you to understand. And it's found in Matthew 27, 25. Uh, get the scene now. We're at the cross, uh, or not the cross. We're at Pilate's uh, throne. And he comes out and he finds no charge in this man. And he brings out a bowl of water and he washes his hands. And he says those words, I find no guilt, no charge against this man. He is innocent. I'm just paraphrasing now. But if you might remember what the people said, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all the crowd standing there that, that good Friday morning, they uttered these words found specifically exactly in Matthew 27, 25. They said, let his blood be upon us and our children. Wow. Have you ever said something that you didn't know how profound it was, but you felt it, maybe had to live with it for a long time, perhaps the rest of your life? I think these words literally define the existence of Israel over the last 2,000 years. No other group has experienced the extreme hatred that the Jews have. Africans, uh, Hispanics, uh, Native American Indians have all been exploited, sold into slavery, being used as servants, no doubt about that. But with the Jews, it's different. They were not exploited. They were purely and simply put, they were hated.